At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus this is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. What's going on, folks? Welcome back into the mix. Time for another edition of the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host. After a week long hiatus, we are back and ready to get you loaded with plenty of Chicago sports action. The Blackhawks had some transactions, as did the Bulls. We got a recap of the Cubbies this past week, as well as the White Sox, and a look ahead to the Southsiders and their game tonight. So tons to get through. Happy that you're with us. Again, I was off last week on vacation up in northern Wisconsin. Got to spend some time with some family. Enjoying the holiday. Happy 4th to everybody out there. And uh, yeah, celebrated a birthday this past weekend. So it was fun to get together with a bunch of family and friends and had a nice week off. But now it's time to get back into the grind. We still have plenty of baseball throughout the summer months and uh, still waiting to see what may or may not be happening with the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and uh, just NFL news that we're always waiting on. And, you know, the playoff race and the futures discussions not only in baseball, but we've got futures discussions for the NFL that we've been talking about on Rush Hour, which, of course, you can get Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook is where I broadcast it from. But you can get a hold of it on the Marquee Sports Network, as well as Fubo TV, Sling TV, the Xfinity app, YouTube TV, and iHeartRadio. And don't forget VEASAN.com and the VEASAN app. And speaking of Rush Hour and just VEASAN in general, we got a little bit of a baseball betting contest happening this week. 
If you haven't heard, we're doing a VEASAN baseball betting pentathlon. So we'll do five bets throughout the course of four days. Each bet is worth a hypothetical $100, and the winner will be whoever has the most profit at the end of the week. So Monday, being today, we'll have to bet one total. Tomorrow will be a favorite and an underdog. Wednesday will be a run line bet. Thursday will be a prop bet, and the winner will be announced on Follow the Money, 6 a.m. Friday morning. So pretty much every show, including Rush Hour, with the exception of my guys in the desert because Stormy Bond and Tony is on vacation and the Lombardi line kind of fluctuates through different hosts throughout the week. Every other show will be included with their hosts in this contest. And also Wes Reynolds, Adam Burke, Greg Peterson will be included as additional Major League Baseball betting experts. But you always get the emails if you subscribe to VEASAN and you can get the link to see what everybody's bets are going to be. Have not made my selection yet, but we'll get there. I'll talk about it on Rush Hour, as well as my official Danny's Dimes. But a lot to get through. So we got a total today. Excited for it. Hoping to come out on top, baby. Got to make it competitive. But all right, until we get to that point, we have plenty of time to recap all the action that I missed this past week up in northern Wisconsin with limited internet availability. So uh, it was taking a little bit for me to catch up, and uh, hopefully I'm able to cover most of it, at least in terms of what happened throughout the Windy City. In baseball, the Cubs took two out of three against the Red Sox at home, then two out of three at Milwaukee, impressive back-to-back series from the Northsiders. And then in Cubs uh, fashion, they go out to the west coast and get swept in four games against the Dodgers not that that's surprising to anybody but still kind of funny Uh, the White Sox on the other side they have won their last two after they lost their first two versus the Tigers man that's a series you gotta at least get three out of four but before that they, they dropped two out of three at Los Angeles against the Angels they did sweep the Giants impressively in three games but then you lost two out of three versus Minnesota the series that mattered most you choked You'll get a chance before the All-Star break, and you'll get a chance tonight against the Guardians and this upcoming series, a team that's four and a half games back from the leader in the AL Central being the Minnesota Twins. But the Sox are now five games back. Can they capitalize and move ahead of the Guardians? And then afterward, can they win that next series against the Twins? Because you have to. You have to. And then you can get a nice reset with some good momentum, some solid camaraderie, and high hopes carrying into the second part of this season. That's what you need out of this White Sox team. And by the way, we'll talk about the Bulls and the Blackhawks in the second part of this episode, but we'll keep the conversation here on the White Sox. Like I said, tonight, they're on the road at Progressive Field against the Guardians. Now, the Guardians have kind of been in shambles as of late. I think it's like ever since they took the lead in the division, they're like 5-14 and 14 or some atrocious record ever since. But they've lost their last four out of five games, whereas the Sox have won their last three out of five. Doesn't matter coming into today, though. Progressive field, we know it not to be a hitter's ballpark. However, the wind is blowing out 14 miles per hour to right center field, and it should be a very hot day, it's looking like. So maybe you get a decent amount of runs. But can you get past the pitching? Because you got Lance Lynn taking the bump for the White Sox, a guy who has really struggled to come into his own ever since he returned. Now, he hasn't been a liability because, oddly enough, as subpar uh, as his numbers have been, the White Sox have actually ended up winning four out of five of his starts thus far. But his last outing, he surrendered six hits, five earned runs versus the Twins, but the Sox still managed to win nine to eight in extras. Don't know how he does it, or don't know how the Sox did it, but 
Doesn't matter how, just matters that they got the W in the column. So this year, he's 1-1 one one with a 533 ERA, a 133 whip, a 410-fip, a 13.3% home run to fly ball ratio, and a 383 Sierra. So what are those numbers telling you? Well, that he's kind of unstable. The 533 ERA is exaggerated. The 410, 383 Sierra, you know, that's right around the area where you can expect him. So probably going to surrender anywhere from three and a half to four and a half runs. You'd probably envision it in that range. What's concerning is his left on base percentage, 58.6%. He's not getting the opponents to strand the runners. When they get him on base, they capitalize. Because you want it 72% as league average. You want it above that. So only 58.6% of runners on the base are being left there. Otherwise, the rest are scoring. So that's a really bad number from Lance Lynn. That has to change. He has been a better pitcher at home because on the road, he's almost got a four-flat ERA, a 320 Woba, and a 387 FIP. Nothing that scares you too much compared to the numbers we already saw. So what do you... What do you expect to see out of Lance Lynn today? He's done fairly well against the Guardians and at Progressive Field. But as much as you trust Lance Lynn, you still got to ask the bigger question. Can you trust this White Sox offense against the righty? Cal Quantrill, 4-5, 386 ERA, 130 on his whip, 456 on his FIP, which is worse than Lynn, 487 Sierra, which is way worse than Lynn. However, he gets you back with just a 10% home run to fly ball ratio, a 74% left on base percentage, and a 280 BABIP, batting average of balls in play. Lance Lynn was over 300. That's league average. Now at home, he has been pitching better because on the road, he's been a mess. But at home, he's 320 ERA. He's got a 291 Woba and a 402 FIP. So not terrible with his numbers at home. Again, you get the benefit of the doubt pitching at progressive field. He's coming off a tough last outing. At Detroit, just went four innings, allowed eight hits, six runs. The Tigers beat the Guardians in that game 11-4. And Quantrill actually has faced the White Sox. In Chicago earlier this year, when 6.1 innings pitched, only allowed four earned runs, but the White Sox tallied nine hits against him, only struck out three times, and the Sox did win that game 4-1. So we know the White Sox, they're streaky. And they're very streaky when it comes to hitting righties. This year, they got an OPS of 663, a BABIP of 296, a WOBA of 293, and then a WRC plus of 90. Their numbers have gotten a little better against righties, and for whatever reason, they're hitting righties better on the road. But can they apply that tonight? Because the Guardians overall, their numbers against righties are actually really respectable. 725 OPS, 291 BABIP, 316 on their weighted on base average, and a 106 WRC+. So really good numbers from Cleveland against righties. You would look at that and go, man, that's an offense I would trust over the other one that we just went over. But you still got to take into account the weather, the stadium, the recency. Not too much, but a little bit. And their splits, because their numbers naturally get worse at home considering their ballpark isn't too ideal to hitters. So against righties at home, it decreases. But if it's going to decrease for them, you're assuming the same would happen for the White Sox. But a team that already struggles against righties, where Cleveland, you're a pretty established squad against right-handed pitching. Not dominant, but good. The White Sox are below average. And the Guardians are 4-1 and against the White Sox this season. 
3-0 in Cleveland. Chicago is batting just 174 at Progressive Field, and they've been outscored 32-18 in the five games. The White Sox own a 4.09 ERA against the Guardians. I mean, look, the Guardians have had their number. I just, it, it, it's just so hard to bet this White Sox team. In any spot, let alone against a division opponent, who has been your daddy, to put it quite frank. Let's be honest. Not the biggest sample size, but they've owned you. And the way you lost to them, remember, when, um, I don't know why I'm struggling to remember his name, hit the two home runs, and it was just one of the craziest games and one of the worst losses I've ever seen. Naylor. It was unbelievable. And Naylor's actually been dealing with back soreness. I think he sat out on Sunday, so we'll see if he plays tonight. If he plays tonight, I might have to stay away from the White Sox. But if he doesn't, hey, maybe that's a green light. You could trust the Southsiders tonight. The bullpen nod naturally goes to the Guardians, 382 ERA, 126 whip. Their ERA has gotten higher, though. The White Sox, 416 ERA, 134 whip. They've improved a tad bit. But where did I make my opening line for this game? Now, remember. I think it's this game to me, the total is a more intriguing angle here because I honestly make this a pick for both sides. I mean, you got Lance Lynn, who should be a better pitcher, but he's been very rocky since he has returned, but he's prone to just going off literally on any outing because that's who he is. And Quantrill, I mean, look, he didn't do the best against the White Sox the first time around, but his numbers are better at home. So how do you apply all of that? I apply it to being a pick because again, yeah, the Guardians hit better against righties, but the numbers come down at home. I get the weather's blowing out, but you got two pitchers who can potentially just do well enough to thrive in this situation against poor offenses in that given situation. So yeah, I just don't have enough conviction one side or the other because the Guardians have really just been struggling too. I mean, I mean that's the thing. Even if they look a little bit better in this specific situation, you have to realize how much they have been struggling. And the White Sox are in attack now mode. They have to be. They have to take over against the Guardians and Twins to close out this first half. So I make it a pick em. Now the total, this is where it gets contentious. I almost made it 8.5. Because if you've listened to the show, when I make it 8.5, that's kind of my it-could-go-either-way type of total. Like I'm setting it there because whichever way it moves would not shock me. But I went in, I was a little aggressive, and I said, you know what? I think this total should be at eight. I'll put more conviction to my word. Instead of eight and a half, I'll make it eight. Because I think it's going to be lower scoring. Again, a White Sox team that struggles to hit righties. Against uh, Quantrill, who's not the best, we get it, but he's limiting his home runs. He's right on average. Left on base percentage, Babip is good, his FIP and Sierra aren't great. But if he's going to have a good performance, it could be at a pitcher's park against a White Sox team that struggles against righties, right? Same goes for Lance Lynn. Numbers aren't the best. If there's a situation to where he could do better, could be in a pitcher's friendly park against a Guardians team that is really struggling, despite the wind blowing out and a hot day. Now, does this mean I'm betting the total under? Well, let's see what Bet Rivers opened it up at. So I wasn't too far off with the pick mentality because Bet Rivers opened the White Sox minus 112 and the Guardians minus 104. So pretty close to a pick Right now, the White Sox minus 113 and the Guardians minus 103. 
Run line for the White Sox, plus 138. If you want to take the run of the hook with the Guardians, it's minus 165. But here's where we differ, this total. So the total opened at 9. Remember, I opened it at 8. And the movement has gone toward the over still. Now it's at 9.5, the under 9.5, minus 121. The over 9 and a hook, plus 102. So yeah, that's where we have differing opinions. That would typically mean you would take advantage and bet the under. And I might. I might. I want to see where this lineup may be heading. I don't know if I'm going to wait till the last second to see it. Maybe I'll do a first five. A no run in the first. Something along those lines. If this keeps... I I, I don't think it's going to get to 10, but... You know I don't like betting full game unders, but nine and a half, like that gets to the point where it may, may be worth it. Depending on what kind of first five you can get. I'm t- I think enough things cross each other off to make this be a normal, kind of boring division game between the Guardians and White Sox. That would be my thought process here. Let's see. At Bat Rivers, the total for the first five is at four and a half. The unders plus 110. If you get a five out there and you don't have to lay more than like minus 125 at the most, I would definitely consider that. Let's see. No run in the first. Let's see what that number's at. You still got a lethal White Sox offense that could just still hit a homer at any given point. That's what the no run in the first kind of causes some trepidation. But no run in the first is even money at Bed Rivers. Hmm. I do lean to the White Sox in this game if I had to pick. And naturally, like I said, I would lean to the under. Don't know if I'm going to use that for a betting contest pick. We'll we'll see what the the rest of the slate is looking like by the time we get the rush hour. But that may have to be a bet to consider. A lower scoring game. Not as much confidence on betting the White Sox themselves. But the total under in some fashion. I don't know. And maybe I'm completely off. I mean, look, it seems like the sharp money is thinking otherwise. So be it. I'm just giving what my two cents are in this game. Yeah, two pitchers whose numbers aren't the best, but we're not taking into consideration how poor these offenses have been. And I get that the weather plays a factor, but it's still a really tough ballpark to produce a lot of runs. It's not like it's the worst, but it's definitely in the bottom tier. So I just, yeah, I don't know. I think it could be lower scoring. The wind's blowing out, like we said, right center field. Some of the deepest parts of the ballpark, which again may mean even if you are carrying it to right center field, it's deep enough to where it could still keep it in. So we'll see, folks. We shall see. We'll see if the lefties could thrive here, right? Maybe if you want to do a home run prop on some kind of lefties in this game. But it's a big game for the White Sox. It's a big series for the White Sox. They need to win the next two series. They need to. I mean, we still got our bet for the division, of course. I'm just saying it for anybody who may not know. We got a minus 110. And look, they were at 2-1 to one last week, and now they're plus 175. The Twins are minus buck thirty four, and the Guardians are 5-1. to one. Now, if you do think the Guardians are the team to flip the switch, 5-1 to one is some great value for being four and a half games back. I don't think they're going to win it. I'm just talking strictly value. The White Sox, if you haven't gotten involved and you're like, yeah, you know what, I think they can... I think they can win these next two series. You better jump on that now then. 
Because if they win the next two, the Twins struggle in whatever series they're playing right now, and then the White Sox beat them heading into the break, it's not going to be huge movement, but maybe at least 50 cents. It'll be a fun week. We'll see what the White Sox can handle. All right, we'll take a quick break here, folks. No Cubs game today. We'll be back in action tomorrow. But we've got some other Chicago sports to discuss. What the hell are the Blackhawks doing? And why did they do it? And what about the Bulls? Here we are expecting this, but you know, I'll save it. I will save it, all right? (laughs) We'll carry it on over to the next part of this episode, and you will hear my rant about the Bulls and the Blackhawks coming next here on the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every single Tuesday during the entire regular season. You can use it on straight bets, player props, or a same game parlay. You decide. Log on to the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. All righty, let's get back into it here on the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Started off the show talking some baseball. And by the way, folks, remember that it's time to swing for the fences on the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook this week when you make a first-time deposit using code DERBY on the Baseball Home Run Derby. And if you sign up, it's really just so easy at the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook app or visit BetRivers.com because you deposit 100 bucks and you'll receive a free Bet Rivers bet for a home run hit. Or you deposit $250 and get the total home runs for the entire derby as a free Bet Rivers bet. This offer is valid July 11th through July 18th. So download the Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook app today and use code DERBY when you make a first time deposit. Visit betrivers.com to see all the latest odds, boosts, and promotions running this baseball season. Bet with the winner, bet with Bet Rivers. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. But all right, so like I said, we talked some baseball, talked mostly White Sox, what they got to do and what we're expecting them to do. What did we expect some of these other Chicago teams to do? Did you expect the Blackhawks to trade Alex Dabrinkit? Did you expect them to trade Kirby Doc? Did you expect them not to get some of the guys they probably should have got in the NHL draft? That you probably expected. But what is Kyle Davidson and company doing? Well, they're tanking, to put it bluntly. Now, Mark Lazarus had a very, very solid article over at The Athletic. And I was reading that a little bit this morning. And, man, he just, he just pieced it together beautifully on what the hell is happening with... <laughs> with the White Sox right now. So Mark Lazarus, check it out. Uh, fantastic article. But ba- basically, he's like, yeah, I mean, clearly it's full-on tank mode, but it's just not right for the Blackhawks to do it because it's not right to Taves and Kane. It's not right to your fan base. It's not right for a lot of reasons. Now, for it, you know, they got 
a first and second round pick in the draft and a third for 2024. And then they traded their third overall selection, Kirby Dock, to the Canadians in exchange for a first round pick, which was the 13th overall, and a third round pick, which was a 66 overall in last week's draft. Kyle Davidson also said they won't give a qualifying offer to Dylan Strome, who will become a free agent post-July 13th. And aside from that, you know what's going to happen with Kane and Taves. They have the same contract, and really they're just going to try to push him out. So they say, no, 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 no. We didn't tell him to leave. They wanted to leave. They requested trades. So we don't have to resign him and make it ugly with the fan base. Everybody knows what happens. It's, it's not rocket science here. And I get it. Look, if you're doing a rebuild, you got to go all in, but... Some of these guys have voiced that they would support the rebuild and help, and they just have basically said, nah. If we're doing it, we're going a million percent, and it's going to be a process. And you're not going to be able to look forward to any excitement with the Blackhawks for quite some time, if we're going to be honest. Are they going to be that fringe competitive team that maybe surprises you? Probably not. No. But you know what? For us betters, it's not the worst thing. The worst thing is if they're a volatile team teetering around that 500 mark to where you really can't get a read on them. For us betters, a great thing is if you can just consistently look to fade them or consistently look to back them. We know it's going to be the former for probably the next five years at least, but at least you have a general idea of what to do. From a fan standpoint, yeah, it's a bummer. You're probably not going to have excitement on Chicago ice for quite some time. And it makes you question... <laughs> It makes you question the front office, but got supportive ownership, and I guess some fans are actually on board. And you know what? I'm I'm not opposed to it. Like you, you don't want to do the half-assed rebuild, like what the Cubs are doing right now, right? Like saying you're not doing it, but clearly you're doing it. It's just like you thought you would have made some different selections in the draft, maybe got some more pieces, whatever it may be. Eh, that's up for debate, and for more people to discuss that actually know these prospects and the draft of hockey. And clearly, I'm not that guy. I love betting it, but I can't tell you all the ins and outs of NHL, AHL, draft, and all of that knowledge. Those are for the very, very deep hockey experts. But it seems like the sentiment was not joyous. So... Take with that as you will. But those are how the upcoming days are looking. For the Blackhawks, not the best, but hey, if down the road, six, seven years, geez, that's so long. But if down the road that's what it takes to get them into the cup, then I guess you'll look back and be content. Not bad. We'll see. Hopefully it's sooner. Probably won't be. What about the Bulls? The Bulls are supposed to be in their golden window right now. I know that's not really a phrase, but you get what I mean. They're in their golden opportunity uh, to get that open window of opportunity to make a run in the postseason. Is signing Goran Dragic going to be a piece that helps you get there? A guy who just played 16 regular season games for the Nets last year where his numbers went down? Is signing veteran Andre Drummond going to be the other asset that helps get you there? Uh, probably not. Probably not. 
Now, maybe the Bulls have something else up their sleeve. Maybe they're just completely content with the team they have because they know that they were injured for a majority of the year last year and they realized, hey, if we're healthy, we can still overcome the Bucks. We can still overcome the 76ers and the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. And heck, who knows what the Nets are going to do, but if Kevin Durant's in the East, we can overcome him. <clears throat> you can't. You need some shooters. Where are the damn shooters? You got, I guess, Andre Drummond as your other big guy to help out with Booch. Okay, that's not who I wanted. That's not who I believe they needed. Would have taken a Mo Bamba over him. Wanted Mitchell Robinson. Wanted DeAndre Ayton. Nope, didn't happen. Um, You heard Danilo Gallinari was maybe going to go with the Bulls. That didn't happen. Went to Boston. Boston got some good pieces. They'll be great. They will be great. The Bulls are still missing shooters. Dragic isn't like a knockdown shooting guard. He's a point guard and a veteran one at that who has clearly decreased in his numbers. Now, yes, he could be a good veteran point guard to help lead some of these young guys. I'm not disputing that. I don't think it's a terrible sign, but it's looking like it's like, what the hell? Because you haven't done anything else, really. Andre Drummond, Goran Dragic, like if this was five years ago, we'd be really excited. It's not, though. You need legit shooters you still don't have any Kobe White is not proven that he's one of them Ayo DeSumo's clearly not one of them Javante Green's not one of them Derrick Jones Jr. isn't one of them Caruso isn't one of them Levine DeRozan yes okay that's it Booch streaky but he's a big man doesn't count <laughs> I mean remember when Kyle Korver was on the Bulls yep that's the type of guy you need you need a three-point specialist Kobe White is not your three-point specialist unless he has a big turnaround. He ain't it, Chief. Doesn't have to be a big-name guy. Just has to be, I mean, I wanted a couple of them, but uh, <laughs> it's not looking like we're even going to get one of them. But that's because you're making all these moves to open up space for Kevin. No. I don't even know what the hell is going to happen with that at this point. Maybe they just stay with the Nets, and it's been all this whole charade, and hey, maybe you take advantage of a great value with Brooklyn, assuming everybody thinks they move on now. But really, they're just playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. That would be something. Maybe worth a little flyer because of it. You never know. But yeah, man, I mean, this Bulls team, it's, it's just really kind of frustrating right now. And it's not... It's, of course, I'm exaggerating a little bit because they still have a great team and a team we were pumped about last year, and rightfully so. And you know what? Yes. They have a reason to believe this team can compete because of them not playing a full season together. That's understood. But even with that being, even with that being the case, it doesn't take an expert to realize that this team lacks shooting. You saw that against Milwaukee in the playoffs. You saw that in literally every game with a team with a, an above 500 record last year. And if you think DeRozan can replicate what he did last year, uh, I'm sorry to break the news. He's probably not going to. Now, you would hope that Levine does the opposite and actually steps up and takes DeRozan's role as a number one guy. That would be what you'd want, ideally. And DeRozan still goes off, don't get me wrong, but you kind of need Levine to be the guy. Especially after the contract. Vooch needs more consistency and maybe he gets a load taken off his back as a Drummond. I guess. I mean, what are we expecting from Andre Drummond at this point? 
I don't know, guys. I mean, the Bulls need to get at least... Unless they're going to be magicians and do something wild, they need to get at least one pure shooter out there, and they don't have one. And they need to get one. So, yeah, I scratched my head at the Dragic signing. Again, would have been cooler four years ago, whatever, however long ago it would have been. But you haven't seen that. And you really haven't heard any rumblings. Gallinari was the only rumbling. And you couldn't even get him. Again, I get that the signing of Dragic for the cheap $2.9 million for one year and Andre Drummond, I don't know the exact specifics to his contract, but obviously it was the veterans minimum or whatever it was. Yeah, you're not paying anything to really get these guys. For some guys who can have quality performances, not every game, but probably a large chunk of it. So I get it. I'm not saying they're bad. It's just frustrating, as you all know, because you didn't get any of the other big name guys who you thought you would maybe get. We're still waiting to see what happens with DeAndre Ayton. I mean, he's not going to the Bulls, let's be honest. But you just wanted a guy who could be a shooter. You wanted maybe a guy more so in his prime. Is that too much to ask for? I guess so. But that's the latest on the Bulls front, on the Blackhawks front. Bears seems like nothing happened too crazy, unless I missed it, but... Uh, now we're we're really turning that curve and we're getting into the thick of it. And you may not think that we are and may not seem like it in the middle of July, but this is when things get real for football, right? You got preseason coming soon. We've got more futures bets to get into on Rush Hour. Cannot wait. And yeah, then we'll get into some college football, baby. Pumped for it. Pumped for it. Pumped for my Huskers. Yeah, you're probably laughing. I don't blame you. <laughs> We'll see what they can do this. I'm, I'm telling you, hey, they're going to make a bowl game. I will sit here on this podcast and guarantee that the Nebraska Cornhuskers will be qualified for a bowl game by the end of this upcoming season. Hold me to it. Hold me to it, folks. All right. There's my hot take for the day. Back from vacation, baby. Not even really a hot take. I think that's a general uh, kind of just agreement for most college football people. Yes, they've struggled so much under Scott Frost, but this is the year to do it. We'll save it for another episode, folks. But yeah, like I said, plenty of football will be discussed tonight on Rush Hour. We've got the baseball betting contest. I'll give you my play for the total. I'll give you my official Danny's Dines if I end up racking some up by showtime. But remember, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, vcin.com, Marquee Sports Network. No Cubs game tonight, so your boy will be on the network. And yeah, easiest way to follow along on Twitter, at DannyBurke5, tweeting out all the links, complaining about all my bets. You know how it goes. But yeah, big week ahead for Chicago sports. Are the Bulls going to do anything different? Talk more about Bears if we get some news. Blackhawks, well, you know about the Blackhawks. But the White Sox, most importantly, are the team that's going to keep us on the edge of our seats, as they typically do. Not in the best of ways, but hopefully that changes. Alrighty, folks. Take care. That's going to wrap it up. Best of luck with all your plays. We'll catch you on Rush Hour and tomorrow for another edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers.